episode of the Music Guy Podcast. This is episode number 70. Getting a little long in the tooth over here. Uh, my name is Al Rowe. I'm a record producer, guitarist, backup vocalist, singer-songwriter, music teacher, podcaster at large, coming at you from the beaches in Toronto, Ontario. The weather's finally getting a little warmer. Feeling pretty good as a Torontonian here. Um, got my vaccine on the weekend, so, you know, getting ready to getting ready to lick some doorknobs. Uh, I'm feeling pretty excited about that. And uh, we got a real special guest uh, with us. Uh, unfortunately, Michael is uh, still in the middle of the uh, international waters somewhere and does not have uh, the ability to join us uh, today, which is a shame because uh, he he knows this this fella uh, as well or better than I do myself. Um, but you know, I'm sure there'll be a, a time in the future when the three of us can get together and do this. Uh, all the way from. Bowmanville, yes, Ontario. Sir. Yes, sir. We have uh, we have uh, Boots and Hearts emerging artist champion, recording <laughs> artist, songwriter, awesome singer, handsome, all around great guy, Mister Chris Barclay. What is up, show. my dude? What is Welcome, going on, Chris? How you doing, dude? It, it, I'm doing super well. I'm so happy that you're here. Um. I feel like I've been talking with you and with Mike about having you on the show since we like decided to start doing the show, which was nearly two years ago. So the fact that that we've lined it up and you're here is really exciting to me. I think it's going to be a super fun episode, and uh, I can't get I can't wait to get into it with you. Um, I want to give folks just a little taste of your newest single which is called right here um and uh so i'm gonna do that right now actually and oh, then yeah? we're gonna talk a little bit about uh that song give it to him uh if i time this just right you should hear it right now Kids, but man, we were living in sneaking into this bar right here. Turn it up loud, man, we got into it. We're the home team crowd right here. Some of us got out, but they come back around. Cause we're damn proud of this town right here. Some people got it wrong out there, but we got it all right here. It's Friday, and it's time to turn it all right here. You know that I'm always. Gonna stay right here. What can I say? From what's on my plate to my Chevrolet. Yeah, we got it made right here. Yeah, some things ain't never gonna change right here. One day I'll have a family I could raise right here. Yeah, before the now we're gonna raise one up to the ears. We got it all right here. Right here, it is what it is. You blink and you miss it. But I wouldn't trade this view right here Dreams come true right here Cause we got it all right here It's Friday and it's time to turn it all right here You know that I'm always gonna stay right here What can I say? From what's on my plate to my Chevrolet Yeah, we got it made right here 
Here's some things ain't ever gonna change right here One day I'll have a family I could raise right here Yeah, before the night we're gonna raise one up to the ears We got it all right here I slip away, let the headstone say Man, he was proud of this town right here They put me in the ground right here Cause I've got it all right here It's Friday and it's time to turn it on right here You know that I'm always gonna stay right here What can I say? From what's on my plate to my Chevrolet Yeah, we got it all right here It's Friday and it's time to turn it on you know that I'm always gonna stay right here What can I say? From what's on my plane to my Chevrolet Yeah, we got it made right here Yeah, some things ain't never gonna change right here One day I'll have a family I could raise right here Yeah, before the night we're gonna raise one up to the east We got it all right here I like that fade out. That was nice. I like that fade out. Hey, that was a... That was a manual fade, my friend. Oh, that, that was, was a manual fade. You couldn't pay for that. You couldn't pay for that. Uh, well, actually, you people can if they want to. Uh, Not one that good. <laughs> Not one that good. They need a record mix. Uh, <laughs> so that's the tune right here. Uh, you just dropped it, what, a week or two ago? Yeah, a couple weeks ago, I think. It's been out for just a little bit. So uh, still super exciting and super fresh. And it's a song that uh i've had kind of in the can for a minute so i'm kind of pumped that it's finally uh in the in the space yeah right on and you uh did you co-write it with anybody yeah actually a long time buddy of mine uh, james barker and i wrote that together um we grew up like yeah we grew up like 45 minutes from each other and uh we we just kind of been friends for a lot of years and um played a lot of music together and I was in I was down there and now he lives in Nashville now and I just popped over to his house when I was in town a few one of the times that I was down there and uh, we just got to talking about kind of this area like where we're from and um and just like how people are always like kind of proud of you know wherever they come from or like you're you know you're a player like being on the road and stuff and like say you go to some small town and they have like this world famous maple syrup and they just can't wait for you to try their maple syrup and I love that kind of stuff. Or like, if there's like a yeah. local brewery, and you put like, say, you put like a, a like a traditional beer on your rider, and then you know you, they show up. It's not there, but they've replaced it with like their local beer. I think that's kind of cool in a way because you yeah. get like a little taste of wherever they're from, and, pe- and the people that give it to you are like pumped. Like, hey man, uh, didn't get what you asked for. However, the stuff I gave you is way better, man. I've been drinking it since I was, you know, yeah. able to drink it, and you're lot, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. I think that's cool. So, so people are always like kind of proud of that and where they come from. So, uh, yeah, I wanted to do a song about that, and and Dad James was into that. So that's kind of what happened. And before we get too far into this, I have to say, Bruno owes both of us. Mike owes both of us a beer for not being on this episode. It's unbelievable. <laughs> you know, I think I think, and you'll have to you'll have it's to true. you'll you'll have to excuse my red solo throughout the process of this podcast. I've been drinking out of a red solo to make myself feel like I'm backstage at venues just for fun. 
So that's what I do when I do music stuff. When I do this kind of thing, you know, regardless of what's in yeah. it, it's always a red solo because I kind of want to feel like I'm doing the thing, you know? Get you in the in the headspace. I feel that. But do do we call him Bruno on this podcast? Is that a thing? Or is it Mike? Uh, no, I mean, like, it, you know, I think folks know him as Michael, Mike, and, you know, Bruno, of course. Did I just break a barrier by, like... No, not at you know, all. Okay. Not at all. Well, Mike, <clears throat> Mike, Bruno, whoever he goes by... Owes us both a beer for not being on this episode. It's very offending. I'm upset. Yeah, I mean, we met. We got mixed emotions. You know, we miss him, but we also feel slighted. Right. But hey, I'm pumped to hang with you, man. Like you said, it's a long <laughs> time coming, and dude, I'm just I'm I'm pumped to be here, dude. Oh yeah, man. I was I was very happy to. We did a little pre pre game meeting yesterday, last night, and I was like, oh, so really happy to see you, uh, even though it's over. Uh, over over Zoom, it's been uh, I know. been a minute, as I the kids know. say. Has it been? So, anyways, we'll we'll just have to do another one in the future and get to get Michael on here for sure. Um, so right here, the new single was produced by the fellas who play for Thomas Rhett. Is that right? Yeah, the Thomas Rhett. The <laughs> the Thomas Rhett. Yeah, and uh, and I I don't want to be a name dropping kind of guy. I haven't worked with Thomas or, or any of that. It's just the guys that play for him. Uh, and I shouldn't say just the guys that play for him. Like, like they're anything short of, you know, unbelievable. Um, but just to work clear, I, I'm not a name dropper or anything like that. So I haven't worked with Thomas himself, but however, um, yeah, Thomas's drummer, uh, Chris Kimmer, he's from, he's from Oshawa. And, uh, and so I kind of got hooked up with him through his brother, funny enough, who's also a drummer and subbed into my band for a few shows. And uh, I was in a big pinch and and uh, he helped me out. And then he said, hey, man, you know, you should probably go send some stuff down to my brother and see if, you know, if, you know, if he'd want to, if he'd want to write with you or whatever. And I, and I, I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. And the next thing, you know, we, uh, we kind of hit it off. And um, like I was saying, it's a kind of a unique, uh, it's a unique situation where in the sense of I don't have one producer uh, and then, you know, hired musicians that play what the producer tells them to play. Uh, it's it's more of like, a, you know, a conglomerate. It's kind of like what you guys have with, with the agenda where it's like, it's the three of them kind of just hashing it out. And between the three of them, they play all the instruments. Like the one guy, the one guy mm. plays, the one guy plays uh, acoustic guitar, a little bit of electric guitar, keys, bass, background vocal, like, I'll just say, I just sit in the corner, like, just tell me when to sing, man. I'll just sit here. You know, it's yeah. like, <laughs> they're unbelievable. Like, like the one guy was doing some synth stuff, and I thought, like, he's like playing this part. He's like, hey, man, I know this sounds weird, but uh, don't worry. You're not, just trust me on this one. And I'm like, okay. And then plays this weird synth part that I would have never even heard, slides it in, mixes it up, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. I like that. You know, so. Uh, it's three. It's three guys. Two of them. Two of them currently play for Thomas. The third guy used to, but now he's more uh, uh, like central to Nashville. He does a lot of producing, a lot of mixing, a lot of writing. So he doesn't tour anymore. Um, mm. And his name's Brian Bunn. And then uh, yeah, it's uh, Chris Kimmer, Thomas's drummer, and then Josh Reedy uh, plays keys and guitar and sings background for Thomas. Yeah, right on. I I, I mean, record sounds great. I, I, anybody who's seen Thomas's live show, uh, you know the band is is off the chain. Uh, Nathan Whitney, who was on this podcast uh, a few episodes back, plays guitar in that band. 
Uh, Chris Kimmer, it's interesting. You, you, uh, I mean, like it's this interesting small world. Like the first time that I went to Nashville to visit, which this would have been probably like nearly ten years ago. Uh, but I actually went with Nathan and Will and and Rich in the uh, in the agenda. Who, if folks listen to the show, they'll know who those guys are as well. And we went down there, and Chris, we 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 had a contact with Chris Kimmer through, I guess Nathan knew him, and. He let us crash at his house. He's the nicest for guy, like a dude. Week. Dude, he's the nicest While guy. While we just like, oh, yeah. no, went on a bender in Nashville. Yeah, yeah. I, I bet you he. I bet you he joined you for a few nights too. If I know him, he's he's a great he's a great guy. We had the time of our lives, and and I just I mean even now like I look back on that and it's man what like what a generous you know open hearted human being to just be like who are these you know stupid kids coming down here yeah sure crash on my crash yeah. in my spare room you know it was like it was amazing so what a great guy yeah, yeah. i just kind of trailed off in my thoughts as you were telling that of just you this you know the generosity and the, and the stories of of even in the shorter time like i haven't known him for 10 years like you have i've known him for let's say three or four but yeah like i mean your family when you're down there with him and and uh and that goes for the other guys mm-hmm. that goes for the other guys as well but particularly with chris he doors open with him and and you know we've had several conversations and he's such a positive dude like you leave a phone call with him and you feel like a rock star so i mean he's just the kind of people that you want to be i have i have no it's no shock to me why he's played for thomas literally since thomas was playing club tours like he's been with thomas Mm -hmm. since since they were since they were you know, in a six-seater van up and down the the freeways in the states playing clubs, like, and there's no surprise why Thomas wants to keep a guy like that around. Yeah, monster of a drummer too. Is he ever? It's, <laughs> it doesn't even make doesn't even make sense. Some of the stuff he does, I just he does stuff, and I'm just like, you just, I'm not even gonna talk to you right now. You just dial in, and do your thing. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, you talked to you talked a little bit about how you um how you ended up getting connected with those guys. Uh, through through Chris's brother, and so the cool thing is is sort of like this is like a stars aligning kind of moment. But you win the Boots and Hearts Showcase. This was twenty nineteen or twenty eighteen. Eighteen, eighteen, and I remember being there. I watched your your performance, and it was amazing. And uh, and I I was uh, so happy for you guys to 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 pick up that win. And the tune was Loved You Like That, which is still one of my favorite songs by you. And you had sort of already written that tune with uh, Chris and those guys. Is that right? Uh, yeah. So um, basically what happened is uh, I was just down on, you know, as a writer, you're constantly writing. You and I have written several tunes. And um, yeah, I was just down on a writing trip and that happened to be the first song that we wrote together, the group of us, um, like the three okay. guys that that are my my producers, as and myself. The four of us were in a room together, and like that was the first song we wrote, and uh, I loved it right away. Um, so fast forward, however long it was, we got to Boots and Hearts, um, and we were in the Emerging Artist Showcase. I kind of was looking at the guys and people that listen to this podcast but know most of the guys like you know mark and will from the agenda are a bass player and guitar player and you mentioned i've known mike a long time mike's my other guitar player keyboard player so um 
so yeah, so those guys have been with me the whole time. So we're backstage and we're, we've become to be um, really close and good friends. And as you and I have, and uh, I said, fellas, like, cause I don't really get nervous before shows. I mean, you've seen me, you know, before shows is usually a party, but um, I was real nervous before that. And uh, I said, guys, what are we, uh, what do you, what do you want to play? And they're like, man, you gotta, you gotta go with the song that feels the best, you know, go with loved you like that. That's the song. And so you only kind of like not to quote Eminem, but you really only get one shot. Like you don't have like a whole set. If you <laughs> flub up a song, you don't have like a whole set to bring it back around and circle the wagons. Like you got, you go out there and you lay it down, you know? And so we went with that yeah. song and before it was ever recorded. So it was cool. Cause my producers and I love the song from the beginning. My band believed in it when we were at boots and hearts before it was even recorded. And then after we, ended up winning boots and hearts that year. Um, that was the song that I chose w- along with my team over at Warner music Canada that they thought was the best out of the whole pile of songs I had as well. So it just kind of seemed that everyone believed in it. Like from the day we wrote it all the way through, there was no one that objected it. Right. So it was a cool feeling, but the coolest part of the whole thing was when we won that Sunday, Thomas was headlining. So the boys literally flew in like an hour prior to, that moment. And so they were able to see the song that um, we wrote together being played on the stage, two artists before they went on. Uh, and I thought that was a pretty cool moment. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. Because right. Cause part of winning that, that, that uh, competition is you get to play on the main stage boots and hearts. Yeah. If you're top two, right? if you're and top then, two, then, you get to you play know. a song on the main stage and that's part of like the, the yeah. finals uh, you know, quote unquote, before they decide who the winner is. Right. And, and then and somebody's chosen from there. And then, right. well, what it was for us was the finals and we went up and played our song and then Washboard Union played. And then before Brett Young, they called us back on stage and announced the winner. And then it was Brett Young and then Thomas. Yeah. Which was crazy because to see the amount of gear, like at that level, like I'm stepping over road cases and everything just to get like close to this, you know, I don't think people realize as like the average fan, like how much gear, like gear goes into putting on these shows. It is insane. Yeah. It's very impressive. They have, you know, those line array PAs where they've just got like 20 speakers on each side hanging down, right? That's your main. So they have a, they have a second set behind the first set should something go wrong with the first set yeah they have like they have all the gear you need to run a show and then a duplicate setup in case something goes wrong it's 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 really impressive i i don't know how i came across this but i came across a 45 second rehearsal tape from a shania twain uh rehearsal okay and you heard the stage manager run it through like the headset he goes all right let's run that back and now let's run the contingency in case guitar amp number three backup catches fire like they have a plan for guitar amp number three the backup if it catches fire (laughs) like hey i'll tell you something for free right now i don't have a plan if anything catches fire on stage my plan is (laughs) sing till it starts getting hot and then run that's my plan if something catches fire these have they have a contingency for that like i just can't i just can't even fathom that it's crazy (laughs) yeah it's it's uh it's really something for sure just being a man i i really hope we get back to playing shows like that um just being around all that 
I mean, for a nerd like me, being around the gear, you know, I love it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, no, that's that's for sure a thing, and 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 just the just the noise. Like, I like being around the hype. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I like I like the uh, yeah the intensity and the adrenaline and all that deal. But no, I've uh, I mean, you you forgot to leave out you for, you forgot to leave out you forgot to mention when you were talking about the the laundry list of things you do in this business because it's literally everything. But you forgot to mention uh sound work as well and you've been on the road with us even as a player in the band and you've also done a hell of a job uh behind the desk and and uh monitors front of house you've you've literally done everything so yeah um to those listening al Rowe, the man oh man thanks yeah i i really enjoyed mixing you guys live i'd love to do that again too it's not something i do a lot because i think i would burn out if i did it too much yeah. the front of house thing i know yeah. there's there's really great uh, engineers who who are just way better at it than me and also just have that, um, I don't know, that temperament or something where they could just do that. But to mix a band like you guys where it's just like I'm friends with all of you and I yeah, really just sure. enjoy watching you guys play, you know? Yeah. It's like I, I love doing that. But so, as, a, as, a vo- um, as a vocalist, though... Um, like usually, because I'm not, I'm not very picky with my in ears. As long as I can hear myself and I can kind of keep time, then I usually figure it out. But I remember playing a show once. I don't even remember where it was, and I was like two minutes to show time, and you gave me my pack, and I kind of plugged it in and whatever. And I walked up and I started playing, and you were like, first song, you were ready to go because I didn't get a sound check. The other guys were at sound check. I was coming from somewhere. I don't remember. And uh, I never got to sound check, and you sound checked for me. And the mix was like, I, w- I was like, no, no notes. You're good, dude. Thanks. Yeah, we're good to go here. <laughs> so it's nice to be mixed by a by a vocalist because they kind of understand what it is we're trying mm-hmm. to hear as a singer on the stage. Yeah, I think you know. I, I'm glad you're happy with it. I, I I don't know that I did all that much. Like there was not not much special. Sometimes I think that people do too much. They want to shape the sound. They want to really like, they want to, you know, get everything super hot. Um, and, and, uh, I don't know. I just turned up the, it's, I I sound like I'm being, uh, facetious or something, but I literally just turned up the volumes to where I thought they sounded (laughs) good. And that was it. Like I didn't do, it's not like, Oh, I side chain compressed your vocal to Uh, this. And I cut out 500 Hertz. Like I didn't do anything. I just, wait, you you didn't turn it up. But I think that, no, and, and so think, so you just mailed it. Uh, you just mailed in the gig. Like what happened? Fully, yeah. <laughs> Why would I try hard for you guys? No plugins. Yeah. What? No, but uh, I think no, no, God no. But I, 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 I don't know. I think people do too much sometimes with the in-ear mixes, and and if they're on like post fader sends and stuff, and they start mixing the band and stuff's changing in your headphones, and that, that's that's the one thing that I tried to avoid with with you guys when I was mixing monitors is like, once you have your mix that you're happy with in your ears, I don't want that to change as the, uh, the front of house stuff is happening and not every board can do that, but, yeah. uh, most of them can. And, uh, anyway, yeah, no, so that's a, that's a big, that's a big, um, that's a big sound man pet peeve. I've had it before. where like my mix at the start of the night sounds totally different than my mix at the end of the night, you know? And I'm looking, I'm like, mm-hmm. what, I'm like, what are you doing? It what was, is happening up there? It was, yeah, it, you just it, look. <laughs> what are you doing? What is going on up <laughs> like, there? What are you guys doing up there? It was yeah. fine, you yeah, know. I like, know, man. 
Yeah. So, but I, although I, know. I, although I, I know. I'm I, saying I that tongue in cheek because I appreciate the effort of all the people that it takes to pull off a show in the first place. And it's not easy. If anyone thinks that running sound to in front of house is as simple as turning up the faders, like have fun. You know, it's not yeah, that easy. It's absolutely. not that simple. No, it's, it's and, tough. You know, we make yeah. it, we make it sound easy because we've literally done it hundreds and hundreds of times and it, it becomes easy because we've done it so many times, but yeah, like, you know, um, it, it, to walk up to a sound desk, you know, and to see like 500 knobs and 320 buttons, like, you know, it's not easy. So when we're, when, when I say that comment that I said about my mix changing, it's not for lack of trying, they, they don't want it to sound bad. It's just like you said, sometimes people are trying too hard yeah. where it's just like, just let me hear my vocal, the guitar, a little bit of drums, you know, we're good to go. Yeah, and things can and things can happen too mid show. Like, you know, things something can go wrong, or maybe they didn't, you know, gain, you know, gain stage the the vocal. It's just not hot enough, and sometimes you just have to turn it up from the from the source, and then that's going to affect everybody's mix. And right. you know, they're also trying to balance for for the audience is enjoyment of the show as well. So it's you know it, it's a big job. I mean, hey, like I'm not I'm no saint, dude. Like the last show that I think I mixed for you guys before the pandemic, I was like, I called, I was phoning a friend. I wasn't gonna I bring that up. I wasn't. I was like, I was, I'm glad you brought that up I was because like, it was. I, I have no shame, dude. Dude, it was, I was so I, funny. It was like half an hour before you had to go on. I was like, I don't know how to get this bored to do this or i don't know we weren't getting sound through one of the channels or something man and yeah dude i had to phone it in and i think it ended up being like a you just needed to completely wipe the presets on the board and restart it and all this stuff and all these digital boards are pretty finicky and and i'm not an expert yo stuff happens but you know you you put a smile on your face and try to make it to the end of the show and hope everybody has fun and and that's what you do. It right? was funny too because I try not to get too like stressed out, especially on a situation that I can't control. Like, you know that board better than me, so if you can't figure it out, I'm lost. So, right? But I just remember looking yeah. over at you, man, and you just were like, you were like, you were just sitting like this. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, hey, man, you all right, dude? And you looked at me, you're just like, nah, the not really, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And then and then yeah. and then Mark was like Yeah, that was a Mark was concerned too. I could tell Mark was concerned. And I was like, all right, I'm just gonna stay out of their lane, let them figure this out. Funny story about mixing too. Funny story. funny story. I can't remember. It was at Boots and Hearts, and I can't remember uh who it was that was working monitors. Doesn't matter. Um, but this guy literally saved the show for me. Um when you're playing bigger festivals like this, oftentimes you don't really get a full sound check. Oftentimes it's a quick line check and off you go, right? Well, mm-hmm. when we won Boots and Hearts in 2018, they invite you back the next year as a performer, right? Like you get your own time slot. But what they right. uh, what they asked me to do was to be one of the judges for the 2019 showcase. And so... What happens is after the Emerging Artist Showcase is over, immediately after that, last year's winner performs. So in 2019, we opened, okay. for, we opened for, so it was Emerging Artist Showcase, then it was us, then Cadillac 3, and then Chase Rice. But it happens quick, though. Like So one minute, I'm literally sitting you know, out by the mixing desk with, um, with Steve Cody from, from Warner Music Canada, and... Uh, 
and and literally Stan, the guy that owns Boots and Hearts, and we're judging the Emerging Artist Showcase, and then it ends, and then 15 minutes later, I'm on stage playing music, <laughs> like at Boots and Hearts, wow. and it happened quick. We're sitting there having beers, all of a sudden, they're like, all right, and thanks for you know joining us for the Emerging Artist Showcase. Up next, Chris Barclay. And we all three just kind of looked at each other, and we're just like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> they had they actually had us they actually had us go over and jump on stage to announce like the next two the next two people that were uh like that were moving on to the finals for for like you know what I mean they announced the top two and we were on stage mm-hmm. for that and the three of us were and then I turn around and like you're just saying hi to people like that you don't get to see like that's the good thing about festivals is all the bands show up and then you see all your musician buddies that you don't get to see all year. And so I'm trying to say hi and like say what up to everyone that I don't get to see often. And my tour manager comes over and big taps me on the shoulder and he's like, hey, Chris, uh, any point this evening, do you feel like getting out of your flip flops and getting ready to go here? Because you're on in 10. <laughs> I was like, ah, yeah, I should probably <laughs> deal with that, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. so I went back and, oh and, and quickly got changed and, and grabbed, I think, like a snack from the catering table and, and a drink. And it was like, all right, go time. So we walk up and and I'm getting my ears on and this and that and um, the the monitor tech was doing his deal and we were using their packs for the show we weren't using our own system mm-hmm. just because we don't get a sound check and they already have the packs dialed in so just yeah here take a pack and plug your own ears into it right so he gives mm-hmm. me a pack and it's not like it's not you know most times when you turn your pack on you can hear like what's going on. You can kind of hear what's happening yep. most times. Well, yeah, you can hear the mics. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I couldn't hear anything. So I assumed the board was muted, you know. But then, like, our yep. intro music started, and the boys all, you know, boom, 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 fist bumps, and the boys all go jogging out on stage. And then I come trailing out after, classic. And, but like, when they got out there, like, I'm, I can't hear our intro music. And I can't hear, oh, like, no. my drummers, we have a little it, music at the time, our show set up, we had a little musical deal where the band took over from the intro track and that's how our show started and then it'd be a mu- musical section before the the singing started so the drummer my drummer maddie started that and i still couldn't hear it in my ears so i look over and i'm like hey like to the monitor guy like i'm about to walk on and play one of the biggest shows of my life right here right now and i don't got any ears at all i yeah. can hear a thing so i'm like hey and yeah. he looks over i'm like dude nothing and he's like, yeah, you're good. I'm like, no, I'm not good. Like, <laughs> you know, and then yeah. it was like, I had to go. Like, it was like t- my cue came and I had to go and I walked yeah. on and I looked back as I, I remember like jogging out and kind of glancing back. And he was like, he was like, looked like he was playing a keyboard solo, trying to figure out what was going on. Right. <laughs> and just unbelievable. And then as I get out there and I'm thinking like, I'm ready to pop, I'm ready to pop the ears out all together and just like go, you know go raw, you know, just whatever. And like, as I'm taking yeah. the one ear out, I'm like, boots and hearts, what's up, baby? And as I'm doing that, he figured it out. Unbelievable mix. I like, honestly, it was a great, great mix. And I glance over at him and he's like, my bad. <laughs> so, yeah. But it, like, and, and these guys are, and to go back to our comment of like, it is not easy to do this job, especially under the pressure of a festival that big. Um, and these people, like the people that yeah. work those festivals at that level are the best of the best. 
like the best of the best. Oh, like yeah. These guys are, yeah. they know what they're doing. And so stuff like that, what you were saying about, you know, having to wipe the board and start over, like that happens. That happens, you know, oh, and, yeah. and, but this yeah. guy, you know what he, yeah, like I said, he looked, oh, I look over it. He's doing this deal and then just boom, fixed it. <laughs> and then unbelievable mix. But like, I still remember too, like I went to see a Garth Brooks concert. Mike was there for that. And, uh, uh, Garth came on stage and for the first 10 seconds his mic wasn't working. Garth Brooks. Like, wow. and again, I look over and his front of house guy is like, you know, doing a tap dance because like his desk is like huge, the console for Garth, right? Like he's mm-hmm. got probably like, you know, 833 ins for that, you know. And, um, but just, you know, the guy was like losing it trying to get that, get his mic. But Gar- it happened to Garth. Like it can happen to anybody. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that the, the, something always goes wrong. Like, there's probably never been a show ever played in the history of of shows where something, however minor, didn't go wrong. But Absolutely. when you're dealing with the the best of the best, like you're saying, it's like those things get fixed. You know, uh, any 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 less, uh, and you know, you wouldn't have had ears for the entire <laughs> the entire show, right? Which so happens. Which happens. A, yeah. It's, which is it totally happens it's happened to all of us, I'm sure. So it's yeah, it's definitely not like oh something went wrong. These guys don't know what they're doing. It's like no, things always go wrong. The fact that it was fixed. Yeah, that to, to the credit what, to the credit of yeah exactly. Yeah, yes. I didn't I didn't tell the story yeah. to rag on so. on on the dude that was working at the time. I told a story to be yeah. like, hey, this is a funny story, especially because it worked out. But to the dude's credit, this yeah. guy scrambled. Like this guy, this guy, like the football was fumbled. He came up with it and then like full on ran for the end zone and nailed it. Like stuck the yeah. landing. Like this guy, <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. So, so shout out, man, wherever you're at. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, uh, so, okay. So winning the boots and hearts emerging artist showcase, what does that mean for you? What did that mean for you? What did that feel like? How did that affect your career going forward from that moment? That's a lot of questions all in one. So I'm going to have to answer that in, <laughs> in pieces. <'cause laughs> all right. Because that's a lot of, that's a lot of stuff. Um, I'm just going to, I'm just going to wind you up and let you go, man. <clears throat> oh yeah. I'm a wind up toy. Let's go. I'm like the monkey with the symbols. Just make some noise around here. Um, yeah. So like winning it in the first place, it's like a, it was like a sense of validation for me, I think, at the time. You know, um, I had never released music. So at that point, I was still just like a cover singer, you know. And um, I wanted to kind of grow. I'd been writing, I'd been writing a bunch, and I'd been trying, I'd been in the business a lot of years at that point. But I kind of was like looking for a sense of validation of uh, uh, ready to take that like another step, I, you know. We were talking a little bit last night. I'm sure we'll get into that here, but the 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 kind of the driving factor that's inside of me of trying to trying to you know keep constantly getting better and getting to a new threshold um, is what kind of keeps me going. And so to win that um, was just it's really hard to kind of put into words is why I'm stumbling a little bit because it was a. Uh, it was the validation of it. It was a dream to be on that stage. I've told this story a few times, but I've been going to Boots and Hearts as a fan since it was in Bowmanville, like since it was uh, at Mossport. 
and and even in you know up in Oromodonta, like I've been going as a fan before uh, as a performer, and I remember being in the crowd and they set up like the layout, the blueprint, roughly the same almost every year. And uh, I remember being in the crowd and kind of leaning up against like one of the light poles, like one of the barriers for the light poles in the crowd watching. Uh, I can't remember the band. It might even have been Blackjack Billy. I can't remember. And I was standing with a buddy of mine and I, and, uh, and I said, man, I don't know how, but like, I got to get up there somehow. Like, I got to get up there. That's That looks like the craziest thing in the world, man. I got to. I got to do it, you know, I'll figure out how, but it's got to happen. And I remember playing on the stage and looking out at that light pole because they set it up the same every year. So I remember like looking out and seeing mm. that same light pole. And like, I almost screwed up the song I was singing because I got like goosebumps, like that chills of like, it was a huge moment as an artist to be able to like set that goal for myself years, years prior and then see it come yeah. through to fruition was was such a cool moment and, and to be on that stage in the first place. It was the first time I'd ever um uh I call them catwalks. What do you call those things? The uh the, the thrust, thrust. The thrust. The thrust. Yeah. It was the first time I'd ever been on a th- <laughs> it was the first time I'd ever been on a thrust. And so it's funny, yeah. I was almost like hesitant to like step into it. But then like once you get out there, that's such so a cool like, am, am I allowed to, am I allowed to be on this? Yeah. For like, folks that don't know we're talking about the uh the 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 part of the stage that sort of comes out, uh, you know, it's like a it's like a sort of like a runway that comes forward, and usually the the lead singer or the band or whatever will be sort of all the way at the front there, and there's you know audience to the sides of it. Yeah, the thrust. The thrust. On. I call it a catwalk because it looks like you're catwalking on a fence. Yeah. Um, but no, it's called a thrust. Um, and it was the first time I had been on one, and that's a weird feeling at first. It's a weird. You think it's normal, but it's not to walk out on one of those when there's people all around. And that was just such a cool moment. Um, I had my family there. I had, uh, some of my closest friends there to share the moment with. And, um, they see, uh, particularly my family sees some of the harsher sides of the music business because they see it firsthand when I go through some of the things that I go through, uh, as any musician or artist does the ups and downs of this business. And as cool as it is, uh, you know, let's not pretend that it's all butterflies and roses. And, um, so they see the hard times and they see the struggle and they see the pain and the kind of the, so to speak, blood, sweat, and tears. So it was really cool for them to experience that amount of joy as well. Um, Mm. you know, but I remember the night before the, the final and I was getting ready to go to bed and, uh, I thought, man, I really hope I win this because I have no idea what I'm going to tell my buddies if I come home and it didn't win. <laughs> I come from a very competitive group of friends and like a very like, you know, most people know I was a hockey player before I was a, as a musician. So I got a bit of a competitive bone in me a little bit. And uh, so, you know, yeah. with all due respect to everybody else that was in the showcase with me that year because everybody was awesome. Um, I got a bit of a bone that, I didn't want to go home without the, without the plaque. That's for sure. Yeah. Those, I mean, those competitions can be, so I, I, I've never won anything like that. And, and I've done my fair share of things as a solo artist and they can be really, really deflating as much as you want to be like, Oh, whatever. It's fine. Like I didn't get it this time. I'll do the next one. You know, I know personally, like having come up short on a, on a, a number of those in my time, it's like, 
I just, I kind of steer clear of them, to be honest, because, like, it just, I don't find it to be <laughs> the best experience. But, I mean, man, when you, uh, when you take it down, that's got to be the best feeling. Yeah, know? I think, I think it's, it would, I mean, because I, you know, it'd be hypocritical for me to say that it's not a good experience because it's a phenomenal experience. Um, just even to see how things are done at that level. You know, like just to experience mm-hmm. things at that level at a showcase that big. Um, but I can totally understand, like, you doubt yourself a lot. Like, it's a huge mental game when you're in situations like that because, even especially if you're watching the other contestants or participants go, you're sitting there going, wow, she's got a great voice. Oh, wow, man, he just crushed that. Like, oh, shoot, now it's my turn. What the hell mm-hmm. am I going to do? You know, and so, yeah. you, you know, it is a mental game and it is not easy mentally to handle. I remember like, like I told you, I don't get nervous, like to play normal show, like I shouldn't say normal, but like your average show, I don't get, I'm having a party. I can't wait to get on stage and do the thing. Cause I have a blast while I'm up there, but because of the mental stress of yeah. this type of a situation, it, you got to really dig deep. You got to really, you know, have it together. And, and I can understand how that could be mentally tough for a lot of people and, and myself included. I was, I dude, I was my girlfriend, Alex was with me backstage and I'm yeah. like, I'm like, tell me a joke or something. I, I don't know what to do right now. I'm a mess. I'm a pool noodle, you know? And, um, yeah. <laughs> I hope you get the yeah. pool noodle reference. I was just flopping all over the place. I had no idea what was going on. So, yeah. but to win, it. it was just so cool in front of, <laughs> in front of my parents and in front of, you know, my close friends were there and, um, and family as well. Um, and it was just a cool experience to like learn and grow as an artist. Like I said, I had never released music as an artist at that point. At that point, I had songs written. I've played them in live shows, but never had released a song officially. So uh, to be able to have a chance to work with, you know, a, 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 you know, a big label like Warner Music Canada and and get to learn from, from them and how professional they are at what they do. And, um, you know, it was just such a great experience all the way around. So you you come out with with a uh, a single deal. Can you explain to folks what what that sort of means? And and because uh, I I feel like a, a lot of people don't. I mean, there's a lot of people that listen to this show that will know exactly what we're talking about. But I think there's a lot of people also who don't maybe uh, know as much of like the nuance between you know different sort of. Um, spots you can be in in the industry it's kind of like well you're either signed and you're famous or you're broke you know it's i was like, just well, no, gonna, actually that's like, that's how i was gonna <laughs> that's how i was gonna explain it um people think like people hear the word record deal and automatically assume like you know nine albums swing over 15 years like you know like they just they, you know they automatically assume that you're just like you made it you know and I heard, and and, yeah. and naive as it sounds, myself partly included, you know, um, and to a certain point, obviously I knew it wasn't that, but um, I listened to other like, you know, huge Eric Church did interviews and he was talking about what it's like to sign a deal. And he said that like, you know, you work as hard as you can to sign the deal. Then that's when the work starts. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. it, like that's what he said. And I was like, yeah, that sounds, that's ridiculous. Incorrect, Eric, you know? And it was at that point that yeah. I learned never to doubt anything Eric church says ever. Um, because he nailed it, <laughs> you know? And, but there is different levels. There's different types of, of deals. There's, 
there's album deals and then there's single deals and then there's multi-album deals and there's I mean the thing about a contract is you can put whatever you want in it. Like yeah. re- realistically, realistically like you have a you have a you have a writer for a live show, you sign a contract as an artist to perform a live show. You can put skittles on your rider. You can put beer. You can put like whatever you want. A contract's a contract. You know what I mean? Like it's whether both parties mm-hmm. sign it and then you're like good to go. So a record deal, so to speak, can come in several different forms. And in the case of the Boots and Hearts deal, it's a single deal, which basically literally means that you get one single. Like that's what it is. But it's incredible because yeah. you go through the process of selecting writing more songs select and then putting all the songs on the table with with an expert team of really professional people i i really enjoyed the experience um and then going through and picking you know you know this song is good because this this song is good because that and this song needs work because of this and vice and, and you're getting it from people that have been in the industry for some of them like their whole career you know and they're you know into their middle ages now and and they've been at it since they were you know young so to get that knowledge and that experience and that you know what's going on in music like sometimes as an artist you get wrapped up in you know a little guitar loop that you threw in or a little lyric and you think the song's really great but it takes that outsider experience to like kind of look into the song and be like listen this isn't going to sell because this 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 and they're not always right for sure but playing the odds it's like people who it's like you study it and you that's all you've done for your entire adult life. It's probably a safer bet. You know what I mean? Sometimes as an artist, you just get too wrapped up in it. And I, I for sure do for myself. Once you're part of a team too, like, you know, if you're, if you're in a deal with a label, which I have never been, so I can't, I can't speak to this from direct experience, but once you're, you know, once you have a team quote unquote around you, uh, it's, it's no longer, whatever you think is best it's whatever you and the team think is best and that's the whole point of wanting and having those people around is Absolutely. to be like okay well we're gonna we're gonna put something out there that all of us be it you and your band or you and your band and your label or you and your manager or what have you that all of us can get behind and are excited about and want to push for different reasons and yeah. like i think for you know for better or for worse but probably mostly for better uh, generally speaking, it, it, it pays to have more minds on a project that are devoted to making that project succeed. You know, I can speak to that from direct experience with the agenda where we're working on a, a song and like, I'll have an idea. It's like, well, I think the chorus should sound like this. And, and if it was just me there, the chorus would sound like that and I would feel good or whatever. And the, but the, you know, but, but, uh, going through the process of everybody being involved, and being, well, actually, maybe it should sound like this. And, well, actually, maybe it should sound like this. And you try a bunch of different things, and then you come out with something that none of us necessarily would have come up with on our own. And now it's like way cooler and better than we could have imagined, right? So yeah. that's why you want to have. I agree, and and then to have the people like within like it's a great point to bring up. Like when you're on stage with a band, like you hire a drummer because that guy's really good at drumming <laughs> or girl, but like, <laughs> like you yes. know, like my point I'm yeah. trying to make, you hire a keyboard player because yes. the guy plays keys real well or girl, you know? And, and so it's like, when you get to work with a label, it's like, 
yeah, this person is here because they're real good at what they do. And there's like seven, eight, ten. Labeling. That seven, eight, ten different people and they all do different things. You know, some are social media experts. Some are PR experts. Some are marketing experts. Some are what have you. And and when you get all those people working together, that's what really gets the wheel turning. And uh, so, what a great mm-hmm. what a great experience as an artist who had not released a song yet to learn uh, as a debut single how it's done at that level, right? To learn to learn how mm-hmm. to grow uh, and how to look at things as, from an objective perspective. Um, and you see how I rhyme that there? That's because I'm a songwriter. I didn't know if you caught that or not. Um, <laughs> objective yeah. perspective. Write that down. And um, write that down. Yeah, write that down. Yeah. And. Um, <laughs> But to get all that experience, that knowledge, I think that was that was that was really cool and uh, something I'll carry with me for the rest of my career. That's for sure. So, where do you see uh, things going from here? Uh, it's kind of like it's kind of a cliche, kind of silly question because we never know what's coming down the pipe. Nobody would have predicted this pandemic, except for the people that did predict it. Uh, and then you know, but like obviously, we've been a bit sidelined with uh, with with the recent events. Um, you in that time have dropped, I guess you just put right now out and then there was a single right in between love you like that and right now, right here. Sorry. Right here. <laughs> You're I'm good, sorry. dude. You're I'm good. <laughs> I just did. I just did the radio guy thing that I hate when they get the song title wrong. No, <laughs> I'm not that guy. You're not. No, You're not. You're I guess not. I am that guy. You owe me a um, beer. You owe me a beer, but it's fine. So you, <laughs> I owe you a beer now. Um, so we, and then, uh, in, in between those, you put out, uh, another single. So it's been three, three singles total yeah, that you've three, released three singles total. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, you know, obviously working up towards some sort of EP and, and kind of get that going. And, you know, there, there should be another single kind of in the works maybe, or, I mean, it's so up in the air cause no one really knows what's going on right now. So, you know, yeah, dude. I know. I can't wait till we can yeah, we can get back to get back to playing music together. It's just been so unpredictable, right? Like you know, like in terms yeah. of in terms of streams, in terms of, you know, like there's even as a strategy of like when and how to release and you know, everything's just out the window. It's just kinda like, yeah, just do your thing, you know, and just hope for the best. Like yeah. you know, uh, I'm I'm kind of being a little bit, you know, I don't know, silly when I say that, but, but you know, it is the, 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 like to, th- to think about like certain strategies that you would have used prior to, to COVID that they're out the window now, you know? Yeah, I know. I feel you. Yeah. It's, it's hard to know. And I mean, as an artist, as an independent, uh, or as like a smaller label artist, like when you put your weight behind a release, when you put your, quite frankly, when you put your money behind a release, when you put your energy behind a, a release like you don't have a lot of room for stuff to not work out you know what i mean as a yeah. as an indie you you know when you take your shot you you don't have another one in the chamber ready to go uh most of the time because there's just not that that support there i think being an independent artist is like shooting a musket 
You know, like it's not an automatic yeah. rifle for sure, for at all. It's you shoot it and then you got to reach yeah. in your pocket, pour some gunpowder in, you know, you need to get a little bit of, you know, <laughs> you need to get some primer and then you need to, you know, carve the bullet, you know, and you know, actually it's yeah. probably not a bullet. It's probably like a, a ball and you got to make sure there's no nicks in it, you know, and drop it in and like, you know, when you're rolling and you got like, you got like, you know, heavy money behind you, it's like, you know, it's like, you know, vo- 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 with the big guns, you know what I'm saying? But like, when yeah. you're an independent, yeah. it's like, you shoot oh, your yeah. shot, you got a musket, you just drop the ball and then tink, and then you got to like get to work Here we go on again. Yeah. You know, so, um, yeah, maybe, maybe a bit of a ridiculous analogy, but, um, it is what it is. That is what it is. You know, you, you kind of, you put everything you got into, into literally every single, and I don't think people know, like sometimes I get into conversations with people that aren't in the music business and they'll be like, yeah, so like, what's it cost to throw a single out? You know? And I don't mean to mock people, yeah. but like, as if it's like, no. I'm like, man, you yeah. can put a down payment on a damn house sometimes, you know, depending on yeah. the play, you know, it's just, it's ridiculous. Like an album, you could for sure put a down payment on a house. Oh Yeah. For yeah. sure, to 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 record an album, to do it properly, mixed and mastered, promo, single releases, album drop, in normal world, album release party, like all the things, and you do all that, and then pay for all the promo and the radio touring and the and the all the other stuff you got to pay for the the music video, like, you know, it's mm-hmm. like you could have put a down payment on a house, <coughs> and people don't necessarily see that, like. Yeah, and and to slap that up on Spotify right now and get a what a you know a few hundred streams or a few thousand streams on each single, it's like great, you know. And that's why I think it's you know people are people I think are taking their they're biding their time right now because like you said, it's like what what is your release strategy? How are you going to market when you can't play? live like that's the most one of the most important things right well me personally i just try and be a goof on social media and then put a song and hope people like it that's pretty much it yeah what you see see is kind of what you get over here yeah and uh yeah and i i don't mean i and don't mean at all to criticize releasing music right now like i think it's amazing that that people are doing that still but i can see why you know people would be hesitant to uh to put the next one out, you know, just being like, where are we going to be? And, you know, yeah. I mean, whatever, especially because right? sick, like if you were, let's say you didn't have any other jobs at all. And all you did was put music out. Like there are other factors, endorsement deals, uh, you know, whether you get investors and all that kind of stuff. But barring all of that, it's write music, record music, release music tour. That's pretty much it, mm-hmm. right? Like, would you agree? Yeah. I mean, that seems to be the cycle for, and, for yeah, the and established right, artists. At least. Right, like along the way as well. Don't get me wrong. I, most artists these days, yeah, you know, some artists still do the old-fashioned thing where they lock themselves in a cabin and write an entire album, and then that's the album. But most artists are kind of constantly writing. But it's kind of like write, release, write, record, release, and then tour. When you tour, you make back all that money that you just invested and hope to make a profit at the end of it. Hope you, hopefully you made more than you invested. And that's kind of it. Like, that's why, you know, we're out there road dogging it. And that's why we got like, you know, all these t-shirts and stuff out. It's because we already paid for all that. We paid for the music. We paid yeah. for those t-shirts up front. Like the people that print the t-shirts, the people that print the CD album covers, the people that do all that, they want to get paid now. 
So you front all of that. Yeah. You pay for all of that. You know, you're max out your line of credit. You do whatever you got to do to get it done and get it out with the hope that you can book enough shows and then grease it all the way up and down the highway over and over again just to hope to make your money back and turn a profit. I'm being very basic with this. There are many other factors. Like I said, there's investors, there's label money. If you're signed to a label, there's um, endorsement deals, there's whatever. There's tons of stuff. But in the like very basic grassroots kind of thing, that's it. And I always tell I always tell people too, like one of the best play one of the best ways to support an artist is to buy a t-shirt. Yes. A t-shirt specifically. Yeah. Like not necessarily like buy whatever you want from an artist. Cause I think anything that you do to support, like especially live at a venue in person, that's where like buy it online for sure, buy it wherever, and anything helps to be honest. But at a venue, like if the artist is specifically selling it. That's the place to do it. And a t-shirt specifically is one of the best ways. Yep. Yeah. And I think what this speaks to is that, you know, you put a, you do all this upfront investment and then, yeah, you try to go make it back on the road. Well, it's like all, all the, many of the avenues for, for, for artists to recoup that, that investment are not active right now, right? Absolutely. Like, no, no, none no of them. Shows, none of them are. You know, none of them no are. merch and sales because there's no people shows, are, right? People are so. getting creative and doing like paid live streams and stuff like that, which is great, but that's yeah. nowhere near. If you were like, say you were selling out arenas, let's say, there is no way, mm. there is no way you are doing enough people signing up for an online stream to make up the amount of money you would have made headlining an arena tour. No way. Hmm. Mm-hmm. However, your cost yeah. is astronomically higher too, right? You got sometimes seven, eight, like Carrie Underwood had like 17 tour buses. Like, are you kidding me? You know, like she traveled with yeah. an entire city. It's ridiculous. You know, but yeah. however, the show yeah, the, the the is show's incredible and she gives the fans the money's worth. Don't get me wrong. I'm not criticizing it. I'm just saying, yeah. man, like it's expensive. Like I think I read a stat, like it costs Eric Church a quarter million dollars to run down the, to get down the road. Yeah. Don't quote me on that, by the way. <laughs> well, that's what we that's what we do here. We uh we just we just do little audio clips and uh, I just believe hold it. you to I them. believe it. Uh, I believe completely it. Completely out of yeah, context. I believe it. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, it does it does, you know, require so much so much uh you know, overhead and expenses and stuff to go on tour and do that. So if anything, this this pandemic has sort of you know, maybe brought to light or encouraged artists to like okay well let's find a different way to do this that you know we can still make a little bit of money but if we're you know if you're doing a live stream from your house oh, it's not absolutely. really costing you anything right so maybe there's a maybe there's a you know maybe there is a way to to make it work and we don't have to do you know m- many thousands of people at an arena in order to to call it a successful career but i think for for most of us who have been doing it live for so long it's like you know it, it's certainly a challenge to to see all of that sort of dry up overnight and then to be like oh, okay what am i going to do with 
you know, this album that I just spent thousands yeah. of dollars making, how am I going to make this yeah. profitable? And to, to throw it out into the ether, you know, might not be where a lot of people want to want to be at. Yeah, and I, I, but I, I, I like right what now. people yeah. have done, like innovate or die. Like people have been very creative. Like we saw our first drive-in mm. concerts ever. Like, you know, like I played one of them, like a couple of them, but like, yep. like so people were innovating and finding ways to do it and, and I think all that's great. And um, I mean, but it's not the same as not financially wise. I'm talking about the buzz of no. like being out there in front of people. It's not the same. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, the drive-in thing was was fun because we hadn't played in so long. But it's it's a little bit weird to yeah to finish your song and then. Oh, yeah, it's like a, it's like imagine you know, for people band. who have not like for for the non-musician listeners of this <laughs> podcast. Here's what it is. Okay, you're on stage. You've just you've just poured your heart out <laughs> into a ballad. Okay? Emotional uh you know, uh, thought out, heart- heartfelt. You're you're just pouring it out there and you finish the song and it's been quiet the whole time you've played. And all you can hear is the guitar and the vocals and, and the synth, the organ, the kind of thing in the background and the slide guitar solo. And it's such a great moment. One of those moments in a show that can like literally make Garth Brooks can make you tear up. I don't care who you are. Right. That moment. And then as soon as the song yeah. finishes, you're instantly in a packed Walmart parking lot. And there's like 500 cars going, wah, 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 you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean Walmart parking lot not to yeah. I didn't play at a Walmart I'm just saying it looks like you look out and you just see like you know, a whole bunch of cars like looking like they're in a yeah. parking lot like a Walmart park so anyway yeah like it, it, that's what it is it just it, I honestly laughed like I laughed several times we were playing in Port Perry Ontario yeah. and we finished song like first couple songs we played I wasn't ready for like the blasting of the horns and uh, yeah, they, they, there was like two, three hundred yeah. cars there, and they blast their horns after, which is awesome. Like I appreciate it. However, I literally burst out laughing because it was like deafening car horns for like twenty seconds. It was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so bizarre. Like just having never experienced that, and then to be like, okay, this is cool. This is what we're this is what we're doing. All right, but I mean, go. go. We're being a bit tongue in cheek here, but like, thank oh, absolutely. you, to everybody did absolutely, yeah. Come out let's and support these festivals me- <laughs> and like to to see that to 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 be up there. Let's yeah. give some love because to be up there and to see, you know, a bunch of of cars have shown up and people still want to see us play and like they're willing to to make a an adjustment to come and, and experience the show and like they want to support live music is like. Like, all right, we're not, yeah, we're oh, not doomed, I, you know. I this is gonna work agree. out, and and funny enough, funny enough, like the one that I did, it rained quite heavily that day, and it didn't matter because yeah, just closed the, the sunroof, so and then it, there you go. It didn't have to stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it well, actually man, worked yeah, like really you, well. I mean, I think you you, um, you nailed it. I yeah, think I the support that we've received and people just kind of. You know, giving us the "Hey man, keep going" kind of messages and showing up and and being there at the driving because yeah. it's not ideal for fans either. Like, let's not kid ourselves. As a fan, I wouldn't want to be sitting in my car. Oh yeah. Like after I just bought a concert ticket, I want to be out there rocking yeah. out. You know, and um, so 
I do yeah. definitely, definitely appreciate that. It's just funny as a, as a performer to be up there, you know, and you know, yeah. you're used to like cheers, applause, and yeah. woos, and all you can hear is like, you know, all the car horns. Like I said, it just it's the DVP yeah, so. at. Uh, at four thirty, yeah, we both said four thirty. Jinx, you owe me a soda. Four thirty. Oh yeah, yeah we, we we know we ever. we've been there. Um, <laughs> so okay, so let's. Um, oh, I don't know. We we could talk all night. I'm sure. Uh, let's walk it back a little bit. So so we you know the big moments, the boots and hearts when uh, recording with with Thomas Wright, re- releasing uh, the the latest single. You know you're you're rolling like you're you, you got you got it going on. <laughs> you know you're you're releasing great music. You're playing with yeah. great musicians. You're doing shows that I think a lot of people would be, uh, you know, very um, I don't know if envious is the right word, but they you know a lot coveted shows. Man, like I would. I would love to be up on the boots and hearts. I mean, I've, I've, I've been very fortunate to play, you know, as a, as a support, as a, you know, guitarist on those stages, you know, a handful of times, but it's like every time you're up on that stage, it's like, this is the best moment yeah. of my life, you know? So you're doing these, you're doing these, these shows. And, and I, I wanted to get your, um, your origin story, if you will, like your path to that, from the time that we first met. So I'll give, I'll give folks a little bit of a background as best I can. So Chris and I met, uh, I don't know, probably about six or seven years ago. My brother knew Chris, I think through either through hockey or just through. Yeah, I think it was like friends of friend down the line, like, like, you know, a couple buddies that he's friends with. I happen to know. And that's kind of what happened. Yeah. And he said to me, I remember him saying like, you got to meet this guy, Chris, he's a great songwriter. Um, I was hanging out with him last night at this party, whatever, and because um, we're all kind of from the same same area east of. Remember uh, when we hung out at parties? And so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, barely, because um, I was I was I was already getting old, you know, before this <laughs> pandemic, and now it's like I may never go to another party in my life. I don't know, um, but I remember you and I we met up for a beer at like shoeless joes or something and i guess ajax uh, or maybe whitby i'm not sure and and it was like <laughs> it was yeah. like a blind date <laughs> like i'd never met you in my life i was just like i'm just gonna show up to this bar. i'm just gonna show up to this bar and see if this guy's here cool and there you were and we we had a few beers and just talked music and and uh and you know hit it off and i went to see you play at the corral in oshawa with um a f- uh, a few guys that rest that, in, rest, uh, rest in, that we all know. Uh, Chris rest Bray in was peace, on guitar. Oshawa we, Corral, by the way. Oshawa Corral, yeah, rip, yeah. Um, love to have Chris on the show, actually. Um, but uh, can you have can you have me as a can you have anyhow, me as a so co-host on that, that episode that so I can make fun of Chris the whole episode because I feel like I'd get under his skin pretty good. Yeah, oh, I, I'd, I'd let him good. Up for sure. Yeah. Okay, I, I could get into this. Maybe I'll take a day off and just watch Michael host it. Well, you'll guest per, host if, it. If Mike's going to be MIA in the middle of the Chris Baltic, and I'll just you know, watch. then uh, I'm available as as guest yeah, co-host. Right. Okay, you're, Mike, Chris is yeah, watch vying back, for your Mike. job. Watch it there back. There you go. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, I see you guys play at the, the bar. I really love the show. Uh, and then I ended up. Um, 
saying to Mike, who, who I've known for a number of years, I said, um, Chris is looking for a guitar player. I think you should, um, I think you should contact, I think you, you guys should get together. I think you should play in his band. And uh, that was right around the time when Mike was thinking about re-entering uh, the music. Uh, I forgot about that. Industry. I forgot so, he, uh, he um, that uh, sort of took a hiatus. Yeah, he was out for about a year, and he's talked about that on this show. So I, I know he wouldn't mind me me mentioning that. But he was he had t- took a year off uh, to sort of focus on his his own sort of mental health and and self and stuff like that. And and I I think it was I think it was meeting you, Chris, that sort of brought him back into. Well, don't the, make me don't make game, me blush you know? now. And, Come uh, on, now. don't be doing so, that. Yeah, <laughs> so you guys, you guys obviously hit it off, and he's been been playing with you ever since. So, from from playing Crown Oshawa, which is already like you know, it's a pretty pretty solid gig. Um, you know how did how did that next five six years look in terms of of what you were able to do to to get yourself from there to you know Boots and Hearts winning that competition? Well, first first of all. Um... That wasn't an easy gig to get, the corral gig, in the first place. I know, um, I believe it. I don't know. I don't. A lot of people that aren't in the business don't really understand how tough it is to get into it. You know, I mean, you got to kick doors down just to get just to get someone to pay attention to you long enough to give a give you a basic bar gig. Never mind boots and hearts. Never mind the Havelock Jamboree, mm-hmm. who have also been great to me through the last couple of years. Um, which we can get into some of those stories because I got some good ones from the Jambo. Um, yeah, like I mean, meeting you and and you mentioned you mentioned the beer. I have a beer rule. We're gonna get the beer rule out on the table. I've never talked about this publicly. Okay, I have a beer rule. Well, it should not have to be a beer. It can be a drink rule. It can be a water or a pop rule. It doesn't have to be alcohol. But the point being is that okay. when we're on stage playing music, right? We're on stage forty five minutes at a time. Right? Sometimes an hour, sometimes whatever. But in the scope of a whole day, that's the time you're on stage. But a lot of times we carpool to the gig together or we're sharing hotel rooms or all that other deal. So if I can't hang out with you and have a, have a drink or a bite at a, at a bar or something like that, how am I ever supposed to be on the road with you for multiple days at a time? And I think that the group that we have together, like you've played everything except drums for me, I'm pretty sure. You know, over the years, like you've been, you've been in the, you've been in a part of this team for a long time. But the group cohesiveness, like we have a great group. There's no, there's nothing, no bad vibes when we're on the road together ever. There has never been, like, not one time has something come up where I've thought, Mm -hmm. I might have to get rid of this guy. You know, like, I've never, ever thought that. Even mm-hmm. subs, like, for the most part. I mean, sometimes a guy comes in because you're in a pinch and it may not be what you're looking for. It doesn't mean the player is bad or whatever, but it may be in a pinch and, you know, there was no rehearsal and whatever else, but it isn't, like, your go-to guy, so it's not as familiar. But even then, like, we've been fortunate to have such incredible musicians be a part of, of our hang, but I think it comes from the core of, like, what we do when we're out doing shows and when we're on the road together, we're there because we're all friends and all of our girlfriends and wives and fiancés, whatever, get along. I can remember a show we played the Oshawa Music Hall and all the guys went for sound check and then all the girls went to 
my drummer's house, his wife had all the girls over to pre-drink because the venue was close by their house. Like, how cool is that when you have your core guys that you're on the road with and then all the girls show up in an Uber, like eight bottles of wine in, you know what I mean? Like just hilarious. Right. But, but you love that (laughs) because that reinstills the confidence that you guys can hold it together because it's tough being on the road, you know? So, um, getting back to your original question, because you're right, we can do this all night. Um, yeah, playing those corral (laughs) gigs and, and, and that was the first big country bar that I played. I and played a ton of the country bars all over the place, but that was the first big one for me. I went from pubs with like no stage. Like I, I specifically remember helping the, the restaurant staff clean tables to get them out of the way so that we can set up the drum kit. Like in small pubs, I specifically remember I took the spray <laughs> bottle and the, the rag and like was wiping tables to get the tables yeah. out of the way so we can get the drum kit set right. up so we can do the show. Right. And, uh, to get from there and like, just, I don't know, like getting back to your question of like, I think you were asking what it, it starts from those bar gigs and it gets to the boots and hearts. Like, were you asking like, what's in between that? Like, yeah, I just like, uh, I guess it was, yeah. Like a short way of sort of like asking you, uh, yeah. How, how you sort of got from A to B and like, I'll say this, like, you're one of the hardest working guys I know, um, not only musically, but in the sense of, like, booking a ton of shows completely by yourself, you know, for the past X number of years before Warner came into the picture. It was you pounding the pavement. It was you sending emails. It was you phoning people. It was you being like, hey, give me a shot, Uh, you know, and, and that grew, I mean, I got to kind of watch it grow from, um, from, you know, I mean, even like you said, getting the corrals, not an easy feat, but you know, from, from those bars to like, all of a sudden it's like, okay, now, well now we're playing, you know, 20 festivals this summer and, you know, I booked all of them myself and I'm like, damn son, like that's <laughs> no, not, not easy you, to you, do. Yeah. You hear no that quite takes, a bit. Like that's all, that's a full-time job in itself. So, so I guess, let me start with this. Um, and maybe this will springboard us, but like, how did you get the corral gig? Can you, can you run us down? Uh, like, how did that even happen? The corral is a, is, or was, I guess it's, it's not operational anymore, but it's like a big, uh, it's a big country bar in Oshawa. Probably. What do you think? It's capacity for like 300 people. Oh no, it was four, four, around 450. 450. So big, big bar. I think anybody would agree with that. Um, and it's a four, four forty five minute sets. Uh, I don't recall that it pays any good, but it it feels like you're, you know, you're 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 playing a real show, and it, it pays something. So you're you are getting paid for what you're doing, which is amazing, and um, and that's sort of like, I think a lot of bands, I, I don't know, you know, you sort of get there's a, there's a sort of like a tier of of bar gig that's sort of like that. It's four sets. It you know everybody walks home with a hundred bucks in their pocket and like. You can kind of do that. There's a circuit yeah. there. You can do multiple nights a week. You can sort of say that's what sort of gets right. a band rolling uh, when they're first getting started. So like, how did you crack that? Because you're right. It's not easy. They're not just going to let anybody come in there and play. Like, you well, yeah, yourself, and right? I actually have a really good story about this. It was extremely humbling. And, and hopefully if one person, and by the way, 
I know you've been like my hype man in this conversation, but I still feel like I got the world to go and nowhere near where I am in terms of like my goals and stuff. But if there are people coming up behind me and if one bit of what I'm about to say hits home and I help somebody through this, then, then mission accomplished. Um, but it's a struggle. It's a straight up struggle. You know, I, I, I specifically yeah. remember one year I was doing my taxes at the end of the year. And the only reason I did that, cause I just did them for this past year, but I vividly remember counting up. We did 127 gigs in a year. Um, we were on the, like, you do the math. That's a show every three days, but sometimes like, well, roughly. Right. Um, yeah. but like, you know, but yes. I remember doing two, three shows a day, like do a, do a morning gig, get to the afternoon gig and then fly to some, like not fly physically, but drive as fast as we could to some bar and set up and, and play the night gig. You know, I remember doing that Sunday matinees I did for a long time, yeah. you know, a long time. I played to a lot of tables and chairs, yeah. played to a lot of empty tables and chairs, you know, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. And, uh, but you just take what you can get. When you first start, man, I played anything, anything, you know, and I hear, you hear the stories of people that have like made it like, I mean, superstars and they're telling you the same thing. So for me, it was like, I didn't know anybody in the business. Like I don't, I didn't have anybody like help me through it. And, um, I remember my dad saying like, he sat me down one time and like when I was younger and I was just getting started and he said, no, like nobody, like nobody wants you to be like successful more than you want you to be successful. So if you don't really believe in yourself and you don't really put yourself out there, you don't get out there and slay it and slug it and, and prove to people that you want it more than anybody else does. Nobody else. They're not going to believe it either. You're you're kidding yourself and you're just lying to everybody else. So if you want to do it, then go do it and like commit. Otherwise just like, like get a job, go get a job. Yeah, like, which I've had, which I've had the whole time. Like, I've had other side jobs the whole time that I've been doing this. Yeah. At one time, I was playing varsity hockey for York University. I was a full-time student. I had a part-time job at a national sports, and I was playing shows. Like, I was, when, I wasn't, when I wasn't on the road playing yeah. hockey for York University, I was in a pub playing music somewhere. Like, it was insane. Like, I was, I was like, getting, yeah. like, four hours sleep a night, maybe. You know, and... Um, but that's kind of what it takes. Like if you don't, if you're not willing to sacrifice yeah. to that point, like if you're not willing and you know how many, you know how many birthdays and like, you know how many like things you miss, like parties you miss. Like if you're not willing, like from the beginning, yeah. from day one, if you're not willing to say, I love you, but I'm going to miss your birthday. I can't be home for your birthday this year. If you're not willing to do that right yeah. now, like right now, and don't say you will. And you might think about it. Like, if you're not willing to be like, no, I have to do this. Just stop it. Just play for fun. Cause it's not worth it. You're just going to, you're just going to drag yourself through the mud. Yeah. You know? And, and that's how tough, but that's how tough it really is. And, and you know, and then you got to call and you got to deal with people saying no, people saying you're not good enough. People saying, Oh, we're full. Sorry. But I guarantee you they're not that full because if someone huge called the same bar, they'd be like, Oh yeah, we'll make room for you. Don't worry. You know what I mean? Like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, and I sound a little cynical, yeah. but, I've been through the ringer, so I know what it really is like. And um, that is it, you know, and, you, and then you'll get yeses. And then it's kind of like, do you golf? Perfect. That's Very perfect. That's perfect. Okay, good. Rarely. Because if you're really good at golf, this analogy means nothing to you. But you play golf and you have like eight or nine horrible shots in a row. 
horrible. Like you're like jamming your club into the dirt and you're mad and it's horrible. It's awful. It's no fun. Right? Like it's embarrassing at times. Nice voice crack, Chris. And um, and then you hit a really good <laughs> shot. And that one really good shot you hit keeps you coming back for all those 10 other horrible shots in a row again until you hit that really good shot again. And that's kind of like what yeah. it is. And so you send out like 30, 40, 50 emails and maybe you hear back from like 10 of them. And then out of those 10, yeah, a couple of them say, thanks, but we're not interested. And then out of the eight you got left, you might wind up with four people that are seriously interested with a legitimate offer and an amount of money that you're not completely losing your shirt to go play the gig. And then you, then you, then you do it. But then eventually that's how it kind of starts. And then eventually that four turns into eight, that eight turns into 12 and it does grow. I'm not trying to be like a complete pessimist here. But when you get started, it's like it's, you don't just you don't yeah, just wake yeah. up one no, morning and you're a country right singer and everyone believes you. That's the biggest thing. That's yeah. the biggest thing. People, yeah, if, no, if, if I, like I mean, me as a, I'm a fan of the music. If I don't believe it, like as a fan, they know if you're if you're full of it. They figured out eventually. Maybe you can pull the wool over people's mm-hmm. eyes for a couple years, but people figure it out eventually. They know who's full of it and who's not. And you can see it. You can see it when people perform. You can see it when people carry themselves on social media and stuff. You can see the people that are, that like bleed it and that want it bad and that are genuine and people that are doing it for ulterior motives or any other reason or or they you know, think that it just happens overnight. You can see it in people. And uh, where I was going with that is mm-hmm. if I finally got a shot at the corral and being from Ajax was where I grew up. I was playing local pubs all over Ajax, having a blast playing pubs. I told you that story about the projector. We should probably tell that story on here because that's uh that's a hilarious story. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Tell oh, it. Now, tell okay, it. all right. It's so great. what so what we tell did it. was yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a weird thing where I like I need to put horse blinders on sometimes because I'm constantly looking, you know, sometimes sideways. And I think a lot of people are guilty of that, if I'm being honest, about you know, because there's so much good talent. There's so much oh, good talent, dude, right? Yeah. And so when I look at my own stuff, I never, ever, ever think that what I'm doing is good enough. Like I always have a thing that's like, this was good, but it could have been here. And this was good, but it could have been here. I watch, I watch like, uh, if we, if I see videos of us performing live to this day, I watch it like a, like I'm in the NFL watching game tape. Like I'm making notes. You know, because like I want to know visually how could the show be better. Like we just crushed boots. I have video of us playing at Boots and Hearts. That was the biggest. That was one of the biggest shows I ever played in my life. And I've broken that thing down. Literally made notes on like visually how could we be better. Audio, how could we be better? Mix wise, how could we be better? Like because that's just kind of the sickness of how you fall into this, and you just want to be the best you can possibly be. So we were playing these pub gigs, and I'm trying to think like, man, so many people are saying no. How do I get them to say yes? I got to think of this, get them to say yes by doing what people aren't already doing. So everybody that plays a pub or a bar is showing up with mm-hmm. a drum set, a bass guitar, an electric guitar, most times acoustic guitar. At least two people are singing, usually at least one background singer, sometimes a keyboard. And that's it. And then they, most times they have a couple of, you know, lights. Yep. You know, most times like flashing or some other deal like that. And they play songs. That's it. And I'm thinking like, that's great. I think that's great because it takes a lot of work just to put that together. But how can I beat that? 
that's that competitive thing coming out, you know? How can I beat that? How can I be better? So it was uh, my dad, uh, my drummer at the time's dad was involved, and one of my best buddies, Johnny. And uh, so we had this funny idea. This pub we played in Ajax had a screen that they pulled down behind where the band played. There was no stage, but we always played in the same spot. And behind us was a screen, and they used to play like hockey games, like a projector screen. They used to play like the hockey game, the basketball game, whatever was on. And they would roll it up when the band went to play. But the one day I said, leave the screen down. And we showed up in the afternoon and plugged an Apple TV into the projector in the bar. And uh, so when we came back to play the gig, yeah. we had a laptop in one of the booths. And like, dude, like the old school uh, webcams, like the circle with the prongs, you know, and it would like clip onto the back of your laptop. And that, so we yeah. had one of those with like a 50 foot cable. Yeah. And my buddy Johnny was running around like Bluetooth to the Apple TV through the through the laptop into the projector. Guess what that sounds like? That's that's called a video wall where I come from, baby. And we were rocking. It was awesome. And I still remember like because pe- people would say like because there's no stage like, hey, man, like we loved it, but we couldn't see you. if we were like four rows back on the dance floor. Like we couldn't see it. Like, we got to fix that. So. Yeah, that's what we did. And Johnny was going out. So people were going nuts because he'd like pan the crowd and then people would go nuts because they saw themselves on the screen. You know, like they were just having a time. And then like the guitar solo would come around. People would be like, man, it sounded wicked, but I couldn't even see it. So then there's a guitar solo come and Johnny would like come right in with the camera like and get the guitar solo. Like how cool is that? That's like that's like taking an arena show, putting it in a box and then taking it to a pub. Like, that's what we were trying to do. I was trying to make you, I was trying to take mm-hmm. you from a pub in Ajax and put you to the Scotiabank Center, in Toronto. That's what I was trying to do. But I think, like, yeah. pushing your limits to that extent of, like, get thinking outside the box, like, who, like, you know, Apple TV, we, you know, how do we get that? How do we make that work? How do we take this little pub with no lighting, no stage? We had to bring and carry the speakers in ourselves, all that deal. How do we take that? Like, this is the same place I said I was spraying down tables to make room for the band to come in, you know? And how do we yeah, how yeah. do we make that, create that experience for people? Because at the end of the day, I'm an entertainer, first and foremost. When I'm on stage, like, I'm a singer second, as far as I'm concerned. Like, that's all a byproduct. But I'm there at that venue to, like, make you forget about real life for a little while. Like, make you party, make you have a good time. That's what I'm. That's what I'm there mm-hmm. for as an entertainer. I do that by singing, and by being a goof on stage. But like, I'm there to entertain you. So how can I? How can I step it up? How can I step it up? And that's kind of where that came from. So I thought that story's kind of stayed with me for a long time, um, because yeah, I'm always trying to be better than the last time. And then finally got a chance to getting back to the conversation we're having is um, is getting into the corral in Oshawa. And this is where I was saying that point about if this hits home with anybody at all, uh, uh, let this, I hope this helps somebody is basically what I'm trying to say. We went and played our first night at the corral and literally got kicked off. They told us we weren't good enough. They told us we weren't good enough. Wow. Mid, mid show. Like you're done. Kicked us out. Jeez. And the DJ, we packed, we literally packed up in the middle of the night. And the DJ just took over and just started playing songs like in the middle of the night. So, yeah. So, and that was like, for me, like the corral, like I remember thinking this, like if I could just get to the corral, 
like I remember thinking that when I was playing pubs. I, if I could just get on a place that has a stage, like how cool would that be? If I could play on on a stage, a real stage. Yeah. And I finally got there. I finally got my shot, and they told me to put the guitar in the case and go home. Jeez, that's so. And and by the way, uh, by the way, that's rough. The 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 amazing person who told me that I'm very close with to this day. Very close with to this. I have a great relationship with this person. Um, but yeah, was told that I wasn't good enough and to go practice pretty much and come back when I think I'm good enough. So if that if that can hit home with someone that's getting wow. started that like can understand that I went through that and then proceeded to come back and put a two-hour line outside their bar a couple years later and go on to win the Boots and Hearts Emerging Artist Showcase. Like, if that can resonate with somebody, then I hope I can help. Because, like, that's part of the game. That's part of the, that's part nice. of the mental struggle of this business and how hard it really is. You know, people don't tell those stories. But I guarantee you, if you really ask certain artists, I guarantee you those stories would come out. And, and it's not a slate at the Kral Oshawa at all. I love that place. Mm-hmm. I miss it every day. I, I, those were some of my favorite gigs. But when I, and maybe I wasn't good enough when I first got there. Maybe. But that happened. That's a real story. That's a, a mm-hmm. thing. And, and yeah, like. Yeah, but just, I mean, rising to that and being like, okay, well. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to I'm going to come back and prove to you guys that, that I do have it and you know, we'll see you next time kind of thing. It's like that that's a I think it's something it's easy to say that and I think it's a lot harder to put it into practice and like you have there to to come back and crush it and like and but I think it's great to tell that story because um you know what? Like, it's like you said, it's like the golf thing was a great analogy. Actually. It's like, you're going to miss a lot of shots. You know, you're going to like, you're going to lose a lot more often, you know, than you win, especially early on. And that doesn't mean that, uh, you're never going to get there. That's just the way it is for almost everybody in this business. And the, you know, those of us who are still here, uh, are still, we're still treading water. Everybody else gave up and, <laughs> yeah. and peaced out. And we're yeah. still like, uh, yeah, I know. you know, try, still trying to, still doing it. You know, you never feel like you've really, you really made it and are, are, are having a cushy lifestyle. But like, um, at least I don't. But, uh, you know, it's it's just those of us who are willing to keep, to keep on going and like, and, you know, be it, okay, well, I'm going to get, I'm going to, I'm going to make the show better. How can we make the show better? How can we make the songs better? How can we make the blah, blah, blah better? Or, you know, being like, okay, well, I still want to work in music. Maybe I don't in- actually, you know, for, for some people, it's like, maybe I don't enjoy playing live as much as I hoped I would, but I actually really like this other sure. thing about music. So I'm going to focus on that and, you know, keep keep doing that thing. And then it's like, okay, well, then, you know, you end up, you know, wor- working behind the scenes or, doing, you know, producing or, or mixing or whatever. But it's all about that drive to like, keep coming back to it and you know take your licks like learn your lessons if you mess up you know and 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 things don't go your way it's like that's okay you know but learn from that and then come back to it with 
with what you've learned and and keep that drive. And I think it's really I I I really admire that about you, Chris. And like and and uh, no, I thanks, mean that man. honestly. I I'm not I appreciate I, it. I, I, hopefully I, I don't know how that I don't know how. Sometimes when I'm giving people compliments, like I don't know if, if it's coming across the way that I want it to, but I really do admire your um a lot of things about you, uh, music and otherwise, but but that that drive, that get up and go, that like persistence that I'm gonna book 123 shows this year is like I think it's incredible and I think it's incredibly unique. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, awesome. I, I, def, yeah. I definitely, I definitely I appreciate it. It does come across genuine. Don't worry, and I, I really do appreciate that. And um, cool. when you love something as much as I love this, you know, you know, you just kind of learn how to deal with how crap it can be sometimes. Because the feeling of being on stage with your friends and doing the <laughs> thing that you love, there's nothing like man. It's game seven overtime, being on stage and seeing the dance floor or the or the pit of like a festival or an arena like packed you know that feeling never ever as a performer you know never gets old you know to see people singing lyrics back at you um the first time i heard people sing my debut single loved you like that the first time i heard people sing that back took away 6 years of of grind like you know, and it, I mean, yeah, I, gr I grinded for longer than six sudden, years. Like it's been longer than fully, six years, but yeah. the first time I heard it took away so much of that. It validated it, made it worth it. It seemed, you know, Yeah. I mean, you see like, you see yeah. even like, like, like I think last year is funny to say, but two years ago, Morgan Wallen played at Boots and uh, he played and the place cheered so loud for him. He cried on stage and he's and he and he wow. he sat on the drum riser. I'm pretty sure I, I was pretty far back in the crowd. I couldn't see. He's playing the side stage. Funny enough, and uh, two years ago, side stage boots and hearts, like unbelievable. And um, mm. and he was sat. He was sitting on the drum riser. I'm pretty sure. And he stood up and he said, "You just made every every trailer park gig I ever played worth it." Like you know, he said something to that fact to that point. It may not have been trailer park. Yeah. He's you, you know every county fair gig or every bar. He you know he yeah. made you know he said you just made it all worth it right now. That what you just did just now. And he was on a podcast not too long ago, um, yeah. and said that his favorite performance ever was Boots and Hearts. Ever, and that guy's played everywhere. Go. And he said that his favorite performance ever was that moment at Boots and Hearts. And so like to have that moment of that crowd, it, when the first time I heard, like I said, people sing my lyrics back to me. Um, yeah, it, it does something to you. Yeah, But it is, it, it is, it is, a, it's the hustle. It, it's heavy, man. It's the hustle. You got to be willing to like have someone tell you you suck. You have to literally have to be, you know, willing to do that. Mm -hmm. Hey man, I, you know, you're not a good fit for my crowd. I don't think you'd entertain my crowd. Well, yeah, yeah, I would. I, that's what I do. <laughs> you know, it's just like, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, so it is, it's tough, but it's, uh, in my mind worth it. And it's a lot of work and, um, but you got to want it that bad. You got to want it more than you want to play video games. You got to want it more than you want to go party with your friends. You want to go on it more than, than anything, right? You lose it. You miss out on shit. You lose relationships, like mm. friends that, I consider my best friends. I don't talk to very often, you know, especially, especially, and you know, this mm -hmm. drill, like when we're on the road and stuff, like, and luckily I have really good friends that understand, but you don't 
you don't keep up with other relationships. Like it has to be the most important thing in your life. If it's not, or one of like top three, I understand like family comes first and like all that. And like, that's not what I'm saying, but, but you you have to be willing to be like, you know, you have to give up your Saturdays. People think the show doesn't start, the show doesn't start till nine. We're not on till nine. Yeah. But I've been at the venue since three and it took me two hours to drive there which means yeah. I had to get up, have breakfast, have a shower, and then pack the car and go. Yeah, man. But that's this is why we do what we do because it's, I mean, it's the it's the best. Like you said, man. There's nothing better than being. Yeah, I tell everybody like, I tell everybody like when you are at a show, and some people will be at a concert sometimes, and you've heard everybody say this, right? Oh man, like it was good, but like something you know kind of was off, like about the performer or the performance. And maybe that's the case, right? Everybody has a bad day. Everybody, some, maybe the guy wasn't feeling well that day or the performer wasn't feeling well Mm -hmm. that day. But like the more you throw at the stage, the more you're going to get back. At least for me, like if you're playing for me, I I have a hard time Mm -hmm. sometimes when shows where it's like more of like a quieter setting or like, you know, sometimes like through the years where you're, you're basically just background music for like an event or something like that. And you just, you can't get as into it, but when like it's rocking and rolling and you can feel the energy of that crowd buzzing and my game steps up for sure. I know me personally. Of course. Of course. I mean, we're human beings. That's the way it is. When you get energy, you give energy back. Like that's just, that's I'll the never, magic I'll of never the forget. Thing, I, just, right? I just thought of this. I just thought of this. And another venue that's no longer Boots and Bourbon in Toronto. And uh, I'll never forget this. And this is a Mike oh, story. Oh, man. Uh, that's one yeah, that I, I will that really place. miss. I, I, um, I, this is a Mike story. Yeah. And I wish he was here for this because this was like one of Mike's shining moments as a guitar player. I thought this was as rock and roll as it gets. Um, you know, there was a, so for people that had never been to yeah. Boots and Bourbon, they had a the stage set up and then they had, they literally had chain linked fence. It was hilarious. They had chain linked fence that was like and chicken like wire chicken or whatever. Wire. Like that was like, yeah, it was like chicken, old like school, wire? like yeah. you're playing at a bar, bar. You know, it was a cool, it was a yeah. cool thing. Yeah, like people are gonna throw, people are going to throw drinks at you. Yeah. So we've put this, this wire absolutely. Up I mean, it was you. only, it was only yeah. waist high on the stage, but if you were on the dance floor, it was like head high. You know, and and uh, yeah, I mean, what a cool venue that place would fill up, and that place would be rocking. And um, but I I vividly remember because oh, yeah. like I'm so much yeah, about the show. Like we I talked about, I'm an entertainer first. Like I write songs. I like to write songs in the studio. That's cool. But I do it also. I can go get on stage and do the thing. Yeah. So I was we were hanging out. It was me, Mike, and our buddy. You know, you know Todd, Toddy on the spot. And uh, what a what sure a gem! Do. And uh, we were at his apartment. Yeah, him and uh, and our other buddy Kyle. We were at their apartment in Toronto. We were watching. Um, my buddy Kyle's a huge, huge Garth Brooks fan. Huge Garth Brooks fan. Like uh, I like you know. And he has the entire live collection of Garth Brooks on DVD. Is is the best. Like the oh yeah, this wow. guy. And like yeah. at like two in the morning after too many drinks, this guy will throw on Garth Brooks live and pin it the volume and just be like dialed in love it and we i i really remember doing this and mike had was staying down with us and um 
we watched this and I'm like, I'm like, man, you see how these guys are losing? Like, if you've ever seen Garth Brooks, you've seen how these guys just lose it on stage. Like they just have a blast. And I go, Mike, man, we got to yeah. do something like this. Like, this is so entertaining. Yeah. I think I, I, the way these guys move on stage and interact with each other and like just kind of hype everything up, like it takes the song to a new level because the visual component of the thing, right? He was like, we were all into it. And he's like, yeah, man, that's awesome. Like totally going to do it. Like picture Mike, like totally going to do it, you know? <laughs> so... <laughs> The next night we were playing yeah. Boots and Bourbon and this dude, he had a wired guitar, not a wireless. He was he was wired in to his thing, right? Man, yeah. in the middle of, I think it might have yeah. been Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy for the solo. Dude, he hopped the fence. <laughs> he hopped it. Like he, <laughs> and he landed on the barrels on the other side. They had like decorative like whiskey barrels on the other side. He landed on a whiskey barrel, melted the yeah. solo. Absolutely melted the solo. But when he jumped the fence, he had the guitar in one hand and his cable in the other and like just kind of straddled it in like one bound. Like, no offense, but Bruno's not necessarily an Olympic athlete. Like, but he just got this like surge of energy, jumped the fence and like melted this solo. I've never seen him do like that before. It was unbelievable. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and yeah, it just, like the showman just, Covered the in showman in them the just end. came out. It was hilarious. Oh my god. Um. All right. Well, we're. I'm gonna. I'm gonna let you go right there because we're running super long. Um. But man, we could do this all night. We'll have you on again. We will. Uh. We'll have. We'll do something with the three of us. How about that? Oh Cause no, doubt. Because we. I mean, there's for sure some stories. I've been playing with yeah. so long with Mike that. I'm sure there's some stuff he'd love to bring up and, and make fun of me for. And I. I welcome the banter. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, thank you so much, Chris, for giving, giving us this time coming on and and hanging out. Uh, it's really awesome. This is a great episode. And, um, where can people find you, uh, if they want to reach out, say hello, ask a question, uh, connect with you. What's the best way for folks? Uh, I think, uh, probably Instagram would probably be best, I guess. I try like to, but even if it's on Facebook or whatever social media, you know, even TikTok for that matter, but wherever you want, I mean, just reach out. I try and I literally block off sections of a day. If, if I make posts and stuff to go back and try and, you know, reply to as many comments as I see and, and, you know, any DMS or anything like that, I I always try and reply to all of them. So, uh, yeah, no. So I, I I really try. I think if, uh, if you're going to take the time to, send me a message, even if it's just like, sounds great or something like that. I'm at least going to take the 10 seconds to reply back and say, thanks, you know? And, um, but if anyone, yeah, wants to reach out, I think, you know, Instagram's, I'm always on there and, and any of the social medias, um, send me a message. If you want to check the music out, um, wherever you listen to music, really Amazon, Spotify, Apple music, YouTube, all, I mean, all the things, man. Um, there's a link in my bio on Instagram where you can go check out. Um, like it's like one of those links that like spreads out and you can listen to like whatever you want. So I think that's best. Um, yes. We're in the yeah, middle yeah, of yeah, relaunching, right like just kind of relaunching the website. So yeah, if you want to hit me up on social media, then, uh, you know, love the chat. And that's uh, at Chris dot Barclay on Instagram. Chris spelled K R I S. Barclay, B-A-R-C-L-A-Y. So, uh, yeah, hit up Chris uh, on social media. 
Uh, the official website is yeah, just chrisbarkley.com. It's, uh, it's about right? to be relaunched. Don't tell anybody. I haven't like announced that yet. But you know, uh, it's getting it's getting re- it's getting relaunched uh, okay. very shortly. We're just finishing up some of the uh, little details and 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 kind of sprucing all that up. But uh, more to come. Uh, stay tuned on the website deal. But yeah, social media is the best because it's a really direct link to me. You can kind of get a hold of me pretty quick on that if if I uh, if I see it. So. Yeah, man, but but dude, right on. Yeah, and the uh, the oh, I was just gonna say the the brand new single <laughs> right here is available everywhere, uh, and we're gonna play the full. We're gonna play it in full uh, at the very very end of the episode coming up really soon. So, uh, well, man, uh, get, before you do uh, wrap this up, I just do really want to thank you. Uh, we've been friends a very very long time. Uh, and I'm proud of all the stuff that you've done too, man. It's it's cool to call you a buddy and and watch you kind of rise up through the game, uh, as well. And and um, you know, um, this is such a cool thing that you got you and you and Mike have going, and um, and the network of people that the music kind of scene in general. It's it's really cool to have that support and that network. And you know, we're you know, I just think it's great to have that and. Um, and and I really do appreciate you having me on here and taking the time. I think what you're doing is great. Thanks, thanks, Chris. Yeah, I mean, likewise. Uh, and we're we're super excited that that you're on here. And uh, just yeah, would love to continue to grow uh, the network that we have and the group that we have. And and hopefully this podcast is a way to do that. No and uh, to bring everybody together that we have, but also to to grow it. And uh, yeah. Um. All right. Well. That's so nice and and heartwarming. <laughs> With that, let's uh, we'll wrap it up for this week. We are uh, we are at Music Guy Podcast on all social media platforms. I'm at Alro Music on all social media platforms, and we're gonna play the song right here by Chris Barclay right now. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Take care. Bye for now. <laughs>